Welcome to the Aspen UK podcast, where we bring people together to discuss topics that matter. Hello and welcome to today's discussion. It's part of a continuing series on Leadership Insights, where we're inviting members of our Aspen Institute in the UK alumni network to discuss key moments of strong leadership they have seen or experienced in the last year. We're also keen to hear whether they have learned from leadership failures. Nice euphemism. I'm Penny Richards. I am the Chief Exec of the Aspen Institute in the UK. In 2023, we saw a deepening of political, media and societal polarisation, but we did also see some exceptional leadership with significant progress made on a number of fronts. So much to be worried about, but much to celebrate. Aspen UK, our lovely organisation, works with a range of leaders across the UK, helping them to operate in a world that's becoming increasingly diverse and polarised, but also to recognise how this influences their actions and decisions as leaders. We work with them to be more aware of their own values, more tolerant of others' perspectives, and more inspired to drive positive change. Today, we are joined by two really thoughtful Aspen UK rising leaders, Camilo Pires, leader in the accessibility and inclusion space, and Shaheresad Kapadia, who works for the NHS Trust. So nice to see both of you. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to set yeah. you both um, my first question. And Camilla, why don't you jump in first um, with your thoughts? What is one moment of excellent leadership that you saw in 2023? Well, for me, I'm going to use something from... Uh, my accessibility and inclusion space. So historically, if we look at the travel space, for a wheelchair user, it's be- one of the hardest things to do is fly. And um, at the moment, if you want to fly, you have to use something called an aisle chair and you have to get lifted onto the plane um, with flight attendants and you have to get transferred onto a seat. So with that, that's a really undignified way to do things. And also that means that you can't travel with your own wheelchair. So your wheelchair goes in the hold like like everyone's luggage does. And with that, that means that wheelchairs get damaged. And I think um, last year it was something like 15,000 wheelchairs globally got damaged from people that are flying. So That's you can a imagine, shocking they, number. Yeah, it's, it's an insane number. And with that, um, what that means is that people that get to their destination, their chair can be broken and able to travel. I know someone that had their battery ripped out of their wheelchair when they got when they got to their destination. And um, historically, the, there's not been much change in that space because it requires physical adaptance to the aircraft and there's a bunch of safety regulations. But this year, there was a TV presenter called Sophie Morgan who um, is big in sort of the accessibility space and also in the TV presenting space. So she has a massive platform. And she's someone that flies a lot. And she had a recent experience with British Airways, which meant that her hair was broken and it, it cost, I think, 7000 to get it replaced. So she decided that enough was enough um, and that change needed to happen. So something that she did that... Is, is going to change society in the way we travel now is that she launched a campaign called Rights to Flights 
And that that campaign brought in loads of other leaders in the accessibility space that are working on different solutions to allow people to travel. So there's the Air for All solution, which means that um, someone can actually bring their wheelchair on board and can actually stay in their chair and have it clamped in. And then also um, one around having uh, being hoisted in to your chair with, with sling. So there are solutions that are being brought in to to sort of all of the aircrafts at the moment. And actually Delta and Virgin Atlantic are two um, aircraft that are actually trialling it at the moment. So it's going through a bunch of regulation. Um, it's been to the UK government. They've had, a t- they've had tons of meetings and it's also been to the US White House. So there's going to be tons of systemic changes and it all came from Sophie Morgan. Thank you so much. It's such a lovely example, isn't it? I used to work with um, the BBC's security correspondent, um, Frank Gardner, who's also in a wheelchair. And it's astonishing how many times he puts on social media that he's stuck in a plane or at an airport because of this. So let's hope that her work is is going to show dividend quite soon. Shaherazad, do you have something equally compelling? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a similar theme to what um, Camilo was saying. I think for me, what has struck me a lot in 2023 was people's commitment to specific social causes. So one lady who sort of sprung to mind for me um, is a lady called Marcia Langton, who is an um, Indigenous activist. She's she's an academic, um, she's a writer, and she campaigned really hard to have the vote in the Australian Parliament. And irrespective of the result, what really struck me was this lady's commitment you know, right from a young age all the way through her life um, to, to her cause, to Indigenous activism. And, you know, with, with threats to her own life, with not loads and loads of gain in it for her um, and just being really committed, especially in a world that has so many distractions and things are changing so quickly. And I think it's it's quite hard to be committed to your vision and to your goal. And there are so many points where you could give up. Um, but I think... Sophie Morgan, all these individuals um, are doing an amazing job. And I think that's really stood out for me in 2023 when the world has changed so much in in under like three years even. Um, But also like another example of commitment, um, yeah, more less social, but more on the tech side of things um, is Sam Altman. And, you know, I I definitely want to say I have no idea where AI is going to go and I'm not no expert in it, but to see 500 of his employees um, say that they would resign if he didn't come back, I think says a lot. Um, and I heard him talking in a recent podcast where he said he thinks the reason they all signed that was because of his commitment to the shared vision. Um, and I think, yeah, for me, that's the sort of standout characteristic that I'm taking from 2023 is to be committed to my goals. Um, and I, yeah, I hope that I can sort of put that into my work. It's a nice characteristic, isn't it, for a leader to be committed? Yeah. And actually also just to, to lead a, a group of people who, who value and know what, what they're all aiming for. Really nice. Really nice example. Thank you. Um, have you, I think it's probably linked to the, my last question, but have either of you been inspired by any unusual leadership styles in 2023? There, there was, I, I don't know if I'd call it a leadership style, but there was one moment of um, leadership that I thought was a bit unusual and it was, the founder of um, Stanley Cups, it's um, 
the cups that it's sort of like a flask. I think you sort of, we have like the chili cups and all of those. So Stanley's um, a type of cup. And um, what happened was that there was a lady who was in a car fire and she, she had a Stanley cup in her car. And it turns out that was the only thing that survived in the fire. And then she did... She did a post on social media, and that and nowadays, if you post something like that on TikTok, it'll blow up, it'll go viral. And then it actually got to the founder of Stanley Cups, and he did a response to that video, and he was like, oh, we saw your video, we really appreciate that our product stood the test of time, and we're not only going to give you um, a bunch of new Stanley Cups, we're actually going to buy you a new car. And I think that was a really, I, I call that sort of opportunistic leadership because that he saw an opportunity there to not only um, shout shout out about shout out positively about his products, but also it shows that they're a company that care and it gives them a bunch of marketing that they wouldn't have got otherwise. I love that sort of opportunistic leadership, perhaps, but um, and it worked because you're talking about it, so that's interesting. Shahara yeah. what about you? I didn't quite know this had a name, um, but a friend of mine told me this is called leadership and followership, um, where leaders basically in their organizations are able to employ people or bring in people with ex- expertise or experience and take a step back in their leadership and let allow these people with experience or expertise to sort of take a front running um, in the organization um, and in, I guess, changing the direction or influencing the direction um, to get to the to get to the goal. Um, and where I've seen this play out in my work, um, so I work with adults that have learning disabilities at the moment. And it's the idea where the service user or the individual that we're working with they are the expert by experience. And when it comes to delivering care, we're not telling them what to do. We're not prescribing them. We are appreciating that they are the expert in their life and they will know how best to implement the intervention or even what intervention might be best for them in their life. Um, When I think about this in maybe a corporate organization, I think about what's happened with the Labour Party where the shadow cabinet have actually brought in um, expert bankers to guide them um, if they do get elected next year and to guide them. And it's about sometimes knowing that you're in the position of leadership, but you're not necessarily the expert. And I think it's really nice to see that play out. And I think that anyone who does this well is going to be turning their weaknesses into massive opportunities. Um, so yeah, for me, that was one that stood out a lot in 2023. It's a really nice example, isn't it? Just showing it also that's, I think, another attribute for leadership is flexibility. And, yeah. and that proves flexibility, doesn't it? If you're able to to listen and appreciate and learn from others, I think it's really nice. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Okay, so let's go negative rather than positive. What um, for both of you has been a bad failure in leadership? Charisad, why don't you jump first this time? Yeah, well, actually it was funny um, because um, Camelia's example of good leadership is actually on the flipping it over was my example of bad leadership where I have seen i've heard um from the news from friends stories about where leaders have only prioritized output all they want to do is prioritize output and the health of the employees the well-being of the well-being of the employees is completely secondary probably non-existent um and there are so many examples of this from being scared to take a gp appointment because you think that your boss might think you're slacking off um all the way on the other side to companies 
absolutely failing to make any kind of reasonable adjustment. And, you know, it's not in 2023 that we discovered that happier employees and healthier employees are more productive. We've known this ages ago, yet it is still in 2023 that we are having these problems where organizations are unable to support people with long-term health conditions, unable to support people with disabilities, and don't try to meet people halfway. You know, it's about adapting our environment to the needs of the people to improve performance. And you spend so much of your life at work. So if work isn't a happy place, that is going to lead to burnout, that is going to lead to people leaving and high turnover. Um, So for me, that is really my takeaway from 2023 of bad leadership on the back of COVID, where we've seen what happens when health isn't prioritized. And I don't want people to forget the lessons that COVID taught us, you know? Thank you. Camillo. Yeah, I just I really I really like that last point about not forgetting the lessons that COVID taught us. That's a really good point. And I, I also want to touch on something that you mentioned earlier about sort of the open AI situation. I think that was also a really bad point of leadership. So for those for those who don't know, OpenAI is the company probably most known for ChatGPT, which is something that we probably all used uh, all used this last year. Um but um, what happened was the board, for, for still an undisclosed reason, decided to get rid of their founder, and and the board decided the board decided this themselves and announced it online. And probably, I'd I'd say within within the hour that had sort of the biggest negative effect. It was all over social media. Isn't it funny how you've both chosen this example? So interesting. Shahrazad is a positive and, and Camillo is negative. It shows the impact it's had. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think I think with that situation, the, the issue was that the board made a decision without taking in other people's points of view. And I feel that's a really important thing and something that, um, in 2023, I've sort of learned through sort of becoming an Aspen rising leader and our seminars is that to take in as many different points of view as you can yeah. to come to the most informed decision. So, and also have have um, views from people that sit in different sectors and not just the same group of people, because you can all come to a unanimous decision, but it might not be the right one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more about the point of being able to listen to other people, because I do think in 2020, when we all went into lockdown and, you know, consuming social media was something that loads of us did. um, And you were kind of in a bit of an echo chamber sometimes of your own thoughts. I think that 2023 has really been this year that we've come out and it's been time to listen and learn and any any leadership, whether it's people hosting podcasts, whether it's people in organizations, bringing on people that think differently to them. I think it's so much nicer to see. Um, and it's you just feel so much more comfortable. You don't you feel ready to share and to use your ex- experiential knowledge um, to create change. And I, so I, I completely agree with what you've just said. Music to our ears gathering people with disparate views to understand each other better. So as we begin 2024, what do you think are going to be the both the, the opportunities and the challenges for, for leaders? I think an opportunity and a challenge on the whole AI front is how we use AI to not repeat mistakes of the past. Um, and I think a big one is, you know, 
certain groups I see, so like people with disabilities, elderly people, um, how some of them are being left out as well. Uh, even though this this technology could really play to their advantage in many, many ways, um, I think it's going to be a real challenge for leaders as they roll out this good technology to make sure they're not repeating mistakes and not marginalizing people even more. I think that's going to be a huge step. But I also think it's a massive opportunity to connect with new users. And this is why it's so important that we have good employment and representation of different groups in companies so they can also push that forward um that's yeah that's what i think yeah and i think i think for me as well it sort of links to my own situation whereas um i at the end of last year i decided to leave my current place of employment because it didn't align with my current values and I think 20, I think 2024 is going to be a year of people just sticking to their values and doing what they agree with, especially in the job sector. I feel 2022, 2023, the job market coming out of COVID has been so competitive. And I feel like 2024 is the year where things are just going to open up a lot more and people are going to be able to make the decision to actually do things that agree with their values and not be not be sort of, I don't want to use the word scared, but not be worried about the consequences. That's a very positive, um, and for me, slightly scary um, position to be at the start of the year. Um, thank you both really much. That's um, it's really interesting conversation. And and it's fascinating for us at Aspen UK to hear so many different views on good leadership and bad leadership and, and what to expect in the future. So thank you. We, we really enjoy learning from you. Such an interesting conversation. Um, Shahrazad Kapadia and Camilla Pires, thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed this conversation, do please keep an eye out for our other Leadership Insight episodes on the Aspen UK podcast. And if you're interested in joining our Aspen community, if you're interested in having those conversations with people who are very different from you and have different experiences, please do head to our website to find out more about our fellowship and our executive seminar opportunities. But now, thanks very much.